Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast. She Reads Truth creates beautiful, accessible Bible reading plans and resources to help you get into God's Word every day. Each week here on the podcast, we talk about what we're going to read together as a community this week. I'm your host, Rachel Myers. And I'm your other host, Amanda Bible Williams. Welcome to week two of our People of Remembrance series, which also happens to be, Rachel, week two of Lent. Of Lent. So we are doing two reading plans during the Lenten season this year. The first one is People of Remembrance, and then we will go into Matthew. We invite you to join us for all of the above. That's right. Um, It's going to be a sweet season. It always is. And today, we are so thankful to have our friend Lauren McAfee with us. Lauren is the founder of Stand for Life. She's also the ministry director at Hobby Lobby. She's written lots of books, one that released actually the day before we recorded this episode. So her most recent release is called Beyond Our Control, which she wrote with her husband, Michael. I think you're really going to enjoy meeting Lauren and hearing some of her story. And it is such a good story to help us kind of put boots on the ground of what it looks like to walk out what we're learning in this study of what it looks like to remember God, to ask God to remember us. And then next week, you all, we will talk about what that looks like in practice as well. So let's get right to it. Lauren McAfee, welcome to the She Reads Truth Podcast. We are so happy that you are here. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. It's fun to be here with you guys. We are going to have fun. Uh, What our friends listening don't know is that you said yes to being on this podcast two days ago. Like 48 hours ago. 48 solid hours ago. Surprise. (laughs) We're here. We're ready to go. (laughs) I love it. I think you and I met maybe three or four years ago, I think probably at the Museum of the Bible. And then we bumped into each other again at an event last month. And then, you know, 48 hours ago, our guest who we were really excited about had to cancel last minute. And I was like, I know just who I want to ask for this episode, like for this topic. (laughs) And it was just like sweet of the Lord to kind of give us that like little intersection last month so that we can now have this intersection today. I Mm -hmm. know. It's so fun. I love it. I love love that I get to join. So thanks for having me, even though the last minute opportunity that I appreciate you guys thought of me. This is going to be fun. Well, and it also bears mentioning that it's not just like that nothing has happened for you in the last 48 hours. (laughs) You released a book yesterday. It's true. A book was born yesterday. Yep. My husband and I wrote it, Beyond Our Control. That's what it's called. And it's officially out in the wild, which is very exciting. Super fun. So... It's a whole pile of feelings. You were sharing with me earlier that it's funny when you're like also a parent and like yeah. you're also doing other things when a book releases where like you expect book release day to feel a certain way. And how did, how did yesterday It was just go? a very normal. Yeah, it was like very normal day. People are like getting the book delivered to their doors and they're sitting it at stores and sharing that. But I was like, well, I'm like home feeding my 10 month old and, you know, picking up my kindergartner and putting them to bed at night, just like a normal yeah. day. But yeah. Stuff still has to get done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Less it. fancy than people assume sometimes. Yes. You know? Yes. It's it totally like this is. is which feels like can be first, fancy. Folks. There can be fancy sure. moments, which is fun, oh, sure. but so lot lots of normal. <laughs> well, and it feels so like apropos of the title, beyond our control. Like yeah. here it is. Yeah. Lord. This right? too like, is beyond our control. Exactly. Exactly. I know. I kept reminding I was like, well, I'm just like living the title of this book that's out there today. So out of <laughs> my control. What's the subtitle of the book, Lauren? Remind us. Yeah. So it's beyond our control, the title. And then the subtitle is Let Go of Unmet Expectations, 
overcome anxiety and discover intimacy with God. And yeah, that's really I mean. kind of sums it up is we all want control, right? And then we face yeah. things in life that are out of our control, especially I feel like if you're a parent, it's like you can't control your kids, yeah. you can't, you know. And so you got to deal with those expectations and the anxiety mm-hmm. that can come from not having control. And through that, we want to point people to Jesus all along the way. It's like, as you're processing this, how do you find intimacy with God? So that's kind yeah, of the goal yeah. of the book. And so you wrote it with your husband, Michael. Yes, yes. So I mean, Michael we know I, something about co-writing a book, yeah. so I'm curious. Like, how did that go? How was that? I know. It's such a process. Yeah, it's like every person has their own writing process. And so yeah. writing with my husband was—this is our second book we've written together. So we wrote—our first book together was called Not What You Think, Why the Bible is Not What You Expect, But Everything You Need. And it was kind of written to mm. encourage our generation, millennials, and then Gen Zers, to re-look at the Bible and reconsider the Bible because biblical literacy, as you guys I'm sure know, is on the decline and mm-hmm. is still rapidly going yeah. down. So our first book, kind of on biblical literacy, hey, let's engage in the Bible. This book was much more personal, and we walk through a lot of our pain points in life. We're, you know, oh, still yeah. generally young, but we're at the point in life where we've been through enough. You know, our daughter had cancer, eight years of infertility, an adoption process that took mm-hmm. seven years, having a son in our home that we thought we were going to adopt for a year, and then it fell through, and so we had to say goodbye to him forever. I haven't seen him since. All of these, mm-hmm. like, really intense pain points that were constant reminders of the fact that we don't have control of our lives. And so— yeah. So this book was interesting to write with Michael because it was a much more personal book. I mean, the other one, we were passionate about biblical literacy. This one was like, okay, these are our deepest pain points that we're writing about together. And so it took a long time. It took a lot longer to write this one just because it was like we were still grieving as we wrote it. And so it was a lot. We have a lot of grace for each other Mm -hmm. as we wrote and as we tried to process it ourselves and then actually put it into words. So. It was a a good, I think, healing process that was very much a labor of love. Yeah. 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 Well, what a gift for you to to let us in on, you know, as the readers in on that process of grieving and what you've learned and what the Lord has taught you. And because every time we go through things like that, right, like we have things that we will never look at the same way and kind of lessons learned that we carry forward with us. And so it's such a kindness for you to put those on paper and offer it to the world and say, like, here is my experience and here is what I've learned. And so it really is remarkable, Lauren, because you and I have never met until five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. And, and I so, like it when my friends meet. Yeah. And when Rachel <laughs> was like invited you and said, eh, casually, she also has a book releasing. So first of all, I was like, she, how is she going to have time for this? And then you said yes, which was such a celebratory moment in our Slack channel when she told me that. But, you know, when I looked at what it is that you are passionate about, you know, biblical literacy, remembering God's goodness in hard seasons, you know, all of these things, I thought, wow, like not only is this someone that I am excited to meet because we have some of those passions in common, but also what a perfect buddy <laughs> yeah. to open these passages of Scripture with this That's week. Right. Yeah. Because we are in a reading plan called People of Remembrance. 
And the subtitle of that reading plan is A Study of the Biblical Practice of Remembering. And so it's very much you know, tied to what the kind of what you've been sitting in in terms of what you've been talking with the Lord and your husband about and and writing about. But then it also, we're in the season of Lent. Mm -hmm. And Lent is such a reflective season. Mm -hmm. A time to remember, yeah, what Christ did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whenever I got the, you know, the passages for what we were going to be going over, and I saw that it was on, you know, there's a bunch of remember things. I could not yeah. but think that how sweet of God in his providence to have this be the topic we get to talk about. Because mm-hmm. the title of our book was almost going to be Reminding Our Hearts. That was oh, no like kidding. one of the titles <laughs> that we ended up not going with. But it was so much of it is reminding our hearts about God and as yes. we ask him to remember us wow. in the book. And so I was like. Oh, this is perfect. So God is good and right. He's providentially in control of all these details, and it's just really sweet. So I love that. Oh, and it's also interesting, Amanda, last week's episode, near the end, we were talking about the kind of response materials that come at the end of the week. And specifically, those response materials call all of our readers, call the community to remember by means of story, mm-hmm. by like mm-hmm. telling their stories, like writing them down, like these yeah. exercises. And mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, and let's have a surprise guest this week who's like, <laughs> I've done this thing. I have remembered by I way did. of story. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and tell my story of God's faithfulness yes. in my life. Yeah. And we talked last week about how a story of God's faithfulness doesn't mean it's a story where at the end we say, and it all worked out. A oh, story exactly. of God's faithfulness is a story that you might still be in the middle of, yeah. yep. or you might be at the end of, and you just go, and that was just impossibly hard. I don't yep. know how to tidy that yep. up. And also, exactly. and also, God here's was who faithful. God, here's who yeah. God was, because here's who He is, Yeah. right? Yes. yes. No, I love that. Yeah, so much of you know the way that we wrote our book, book. I mean, we were in the midst of it. Like we were in the midst of grieving the loss of our son when we wrote it. And it doesn't end like with the bow at the end. It's just like, hey, but like God is God and this is who he is. And like, that's what matters. And sometimes I think it's, we want to have like the bow at the end or like, and then like, but this is what God did. And that's just not always going to be the reality in our lives as we're living it. But we do know that at the end, like when we are in eternity, we will have that because of what Christ has done. And so that eternal perspective is that there will be, you know, the bow that where all the tears are wiped away and all the things that were wrong are made right because of what Christ has done. And it's in eternity, even though we might not have that on earth. And so even if we don't have it on earth, like we know, okay, but the end of the story, we've read Revelation 21 and we know. So I love that we don't have to put the bow on it here, but we know in eternity, God has already done that. So amen. Amen. Again, look to him and have our hope in him. Praise the Lord. You know, we are, you know, creatures who (laughs) want to know you know, what is coming or why <laughs> something in the past yeah, happened yes. or how something is going to go. And we have a lot of questions that we don't have answers to always. Sometimes we get glimpses of the answers, right? And But we don't always know. But what I love about this reading plan as we're right, you know, here in the first couple of weeks of Lent, 
this People of Remembrance reading plan is that the focus is not on those things, but on who. You know, so last week it was remember God, like remembering God. Mm -hmm. So we talked about remember God's promises, remember God's mercy, remember God's rescue, remember God's provision, remember God's word and ways. Mm -hmm. And so we may not know why or how or what's coming, but there are things we can know. That's right. That are just as impactful, more impactful than what our humanity desires to know. And so this week, so we went from remembering God last week to this week, we are reading from Scripture that God remembers us. Mm -hmm. And He also invites us to ask Him to Mm -hmm. remember us. Mm -hmm. So it's not that He forgets us until we ask. It is a practice. It's part of the relationship, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like your kids or your friends or your parent, you know, anyone that you're in close relationship with, a lot of times we ask each other questions that we know the answers to, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but we want... It's part of having a relationship, the call and response of a relationship. Mm -hmm. And we talked last week about that remembrance, especially as it relates to God remembering, Mm -hmm. isn't simply like mental recall. That's right? right. Like it is like God acting on a previous commitment. So when we see in Scripture that, like, God remember me, remember, or God remembered Rachel is a good yeah. example. That's actually Scripture. Not I'm not using my name there. <laughs> but that's not God had forgotten her, and oh my goodness, that's right. She exists. It's, yeah. no, I remembered you in action. I remembered a previous commitment right. that I'm now fulfilling in action. It's a very relational thing, right? Like, yeah. to what you were just saying of, like, that's how we interact with friends is even if we know something, like, we want to go through the motion of hearing from them as a part of building up the relationship. And so, right, like, even mm-hmm. though we know that actually God does remember, it's that relational connection mm-hmm. whenever we, yeah, the call and response. Yeah. And I think for humans, like, for humankind, I think that it is both, actually, mental mm. recall and sort of, like, taking action on a previous commitment because I think that we are yeah, you're not wrong. we are very fickle and forgetful yeah. people. So the mental recall is real. That's we right. God will never forget us. We are as Isaiah 49 will tell us, we are inscribed on his palm. Yeah. But we will forget God. Yeah. And so the mental recall is there, but also and we talked about this last week, there is an action to take that action of remembering in the case of a lot of the Old Testament stories of covenant that we read last week, you know, there are the signs and symbols, the stacking of the stones or Mm -hmm. the sign of circumcision or the bow in the sky. There are the signs of marking God's faithfulness. Yeah. It's such a good point that you just made, too, because our analogy of our relationship with God, the analogy of human relationships, is an inherently broken analogy because I am going to forget the people that I love the most. Like not, for example, when I had twin babies— I was constantly worried that I was going to leave one of the car seats on the sidewalk <laughs> because I would like There's have just so two many car of them. seats, yes. right? There, I would have two car seats in my arm, one on each arm. I would set them down on the sidewalk because we lived in the city and we parked on the street and I would take one child, put him in the car, take the other child, put him in the car. And if you're in a hurry, like there's a lot of steps. And I just thought, and I never did leave him on the sidewalk, but I thought, but I could, I could have is the thing. (laughs) And so it is not the same. And that's part of what we're remembering is who God is. Because when we make God into our image, (laughs) when our picture of who God is or understanding of who God is, is based 
on our experience with other humans, well, then we have a problem. Yeah. That is not accurate. Yeah. And I love that the passages are saying like, you know, God, remember, you know, your people. And I love that we, in today, modern times, we have the Bible to look to, to see God's character. And so how much more should we be able to trust in God than, you know, looking at the people of God in ancient times? They, of course, this call and response and this reminding themselves of who God is and who God had said he was and who he says he is, which should be enough for us to trust him. But we also today have the benefit of looking back and seeing, okay, we have all of the Old Testament. We have all of the New Testament to look to. God has given us his word. And for millennia, people didn't have that. They didn't have the Mm -hmm. benefit of having their own Bibles, even in their heart language and in their home. And whereas I have like, you know, 50 copies in my house and I can look and see God's people, you know, calling for God to remember him. And then I can also read later in the passages where God does remember his people and has fulfilled promises. And then I can look into the New Testament and see where God has called all of us to be his people. And so, you know, the beauty of today that we have this and how much more should we be looking to the history of how God has taken care of his people and trusting that he will continue to be who he said he is and who he has always been. I mean, Lauren McAfee, you're hired. I think I said that to Lindsay last (laughs) week, but I'm saying it to you today. I just feel like, man, I think it's just so beautiful as we go into this week, because last week was a lot of narrative, and this week it's kind of like taking these Old Testament and New Testament words and putting them in our mouths as like, these are things that I would be able to pray or be able to connect to, to go to for encouragement or for that, like, here is how I will remember. For example, the very first reading on day eight, which is, if you're listening to this on the day that it releases, is Monday's reading. Isaiah 49, which, by the way, I literally didn't know this was going to be in today's reading, but this is what we talked about last week. Yeah, so last week, Lauren, Rachel was like, this reminds me of this morning I was reading, she was reading with Ryan, and she talks about this passage, and oh, nice. then so funny. we turned the page to... And so then last night, I'm like prepping some more, and, and I, here we are. I just like exclamation points to Amanda, like, it's the passage that I just talked uh-huh. about last week. It's even like the art on the uh-huh. facing page. So listen, the Lord is good and kind because we're recording this so far in advance of when this will air, and yet like the connection of like where I was reading in my Bible that day was this. I'm going to read it. Can I read it for us? Absolutely. I summarized it last week, but I want to read it because it's in our reading. So listen, Isaiah 49 verses 14 through 18, Zion says, the Lord has abandoned me. The Lord has forgotten me. And then the response, can a woman forget her nursing child or lack compassion for the child of her womb? Even if these forget yet, I will not forget you. Look, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Your builders hurry. Those who destroy and devastate will leave you. Look up and look around. They all gather together. They come to you as I live. This is the Lord's declaration. It's just this beautiful—actually, I pulled, Lauren, maybe this is nerdy, but I'm guessing that you love a morning and evening devotional just as much as I do, uh, Charles Spurgeon. Yes, so good. So this is what I was referencing yesterday, and maybe it's weird to, like, read another devotional on the She Truth podcast, but I will never (laughs) apologize for how awesome these are. So here are the words that Charles Spurgeon said in response to Isaiah 49, 16— And it feels so relevant to what we're going to talk about this week. 
I will apologize. This is going to be in like a lot of hats and these and those. This is like the old English <laughs> oh, version, of Trump, it, which though. I love. And I won't. I, maybe I won't apologize. Zion said, "The Lord hath forsaken me, and my God hath forgotten me." How amazed the divine mind seems to be at this wicked unbelief. What can be more astounding than the unfounded doubts and fears of God's favored people? This is so loving. The Lord's loving word of rebuke should make us blush. He cries, How can I have forgotten thee when I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands? How darest thou doubt my constant remembrance when the memorial is set upon my very own flesh? O unbelief, how strange a marvel thou art. We know not which most to wonder at, the faithfulness Hmm. of God or the unbelief of His people. He keeps His promise a thousand times, and yet the next trial makes us doubt Him. He never faileth. He is never a dry well. He is never a setting sun, a passing meteor, or a melting vapor. And yet we are as continually vexed with anxieties, molested with suspicions, and disturbed with fears as if our God were the mirage in the desert. And it goes on, I have graven thee. It does not say thy name. The name is there, but that is not all. I have graven thee. See the fullness of this. I have graven thy person, thine image, thy case, thy circumstance, thy sins, thy temptations, thy weakness, Mm. thy wants, thy works. I have graven thee, everything about thee, all that concerns thee. I have put thee all together there. Wilt thou ever say again that thy God has forsaken thee when he has graven thee upon his own palms? Whoosh. Isn't that beautiful? Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah. I don't know if we're allowed to just bring other books to read on air, but here <laughs> we are. I'm doing it. I mean, listen. No, that's so beautiful, though, right? And I love that it calls us out of how quick we are whenever a trial or a pain point comes to forget, yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. I love that call out because it's so true. In reading these passages, so my daughter's name is Zion, and I can't, anytime I read oh, Zion word. in the Bible, I can't help but think of her because yeah. you know, she's my daughter. But Zion here in this passage in Isaiah for Zion to be remembered, Zion is used all throughout Scripture. And Zion is a physical place in Jerusalem. It's the highest hill in Jerusalem. So if you're in like the city center of Jerusalem, you can walk to Mount Zion in like 15 or 20 minutes. But the concept of Zion is associated with the place for God's people. And so, mm. you know, for Zion to be remembered, like here, Zion to be remembered is, yeah. you know, it's God's people, like this wanting to be in their home, in the presence of God, in God's home for them. And whenever we were traveling to adopt Zion, we named her Zion because her Chinese name, she's adopted from China. Her Chinese mm-hmm. name was Z-I, which oh. we say Zai. That is not how it's pronounced in Chinese, and I mm-hmm. can't replicate how they say it. <laughs> but we liked the idea of adding to what was her Chinese name and keeping that Chinese oh, that's cool name as part of her name. So we call her Zai usually. But also that concept of Zai Zion being a home for God's people. Yeah. And in thinking of this in terms of adoption, you know, every child wants to have a safe and loving family and should have a safe and loving family. And the best way is for people to be with their biological family. But if that's not possible, then adoption, you know, children want to be in safe families and loving families. And so we're so grateful that we got to adopt both of our daughters. But it's like, how beautiful that God uses so much adoption language for his children too, you know, and how yes. we we want to be in loving family, a loving 
spiritual family and that God is our loving father and he does not forget us. And, you know, that verse 13, that's can a woman forget her nursing child? It's like, no, like, of course not. And God is our father. Like, of course he is going to remember us. He is the perfect loving father. And even though Mm -hmm. our earthly examples of families, whether biological or adopted, can be broken, God is the fully loving Father who remembers Mm. us. And we are brought into, adopted into His family as we become believers and accept the gospel of Jesus Christ. And just the beauty of the adoption language in Scripture and Mm. that we do have a Father who will never forget us. I love that. About So many things in this passage reminded me of just kind of all of those points of God, God is our loving Father and has adopted us. And mm. of course, I think of my sweet Zion <laughs> that we got to I love, love that name. And I love, of course, the biblical meaning for that name, but like the way that you arrived at that for her just mm-hmm. feels really, really special. Yeah, it's really sweet. God's hands are all over that. And mm-hmm. I, you know, if I sort of summed up the day in my margin as God remember us, we are yours. Mm. Like that yeah. is what I hear echoed in these passages, even the first Peter two passage that once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Hmm. You know, a people and it called the same passage calls us a people for his own possession. Yeah, I mean there's just so much beautiful in that. It's the belonging that we long for, mm-hmm. but it's deepened and amplified in a way that we don't really have a human equivalent of. Yeah. I was Excited is probably the wrong word, but I was really looking forward, Lauren, to being able to talk about this week's reading with you, specifically because of the Day 9 reading, where the title is God Remember Our Suffering. Yeah. Because that is so much of the story that you're sharing with the world currently, right? Mm -hmm. And which is such a gift. But talk to us about that. Like, how do we as God's people? You know, we keep Monday's reading in mind that we are God's people. So as God's people, how do we maintain hope in the promises wrapped up in that identity of God's people, especially when we're suffering? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like that Charles Spurgeon passage Mm -hmm. alluded to, like that's the moment when we're most likely to forget, right, is when we are in the suffering. And the song that I kept thinking of just for this whole week's reading is that I know how the story ends. There's a line in that verse that says, I don't know what you're doing, but I know what you've done. And if like day one is really (laughs) helping us to remember like, okay, we can see what God's done. He has remembered his people. And that having that to look back on is so helpful for us to remember whenever we are in the suffering is that when we are in those hard points of life, we have history of both God's, you know, the history of how God has acted that we can see through scripture, as well as even the history of how God has been faithful in my own life that Mm -hmm. I can look back on and help me to, even though like cognitively I'll say, okay, even though I'm in pain, like I know what God has said and I know that he's so good, but it can be hard to feel that in our heart when we're in really deep parts of grief or suffering and despair I can remember whenever we had just, we had lost our son, again, through a failed adoption. So he had, we had brought him home from the hospital. He had been, our son, his birth mom wanted him to stay with us. And we had a great open relationship with birth mom. And through some really unusual circumstances, after 
Ezra, our son, had been in our home for 12 months. A judge Mm. who had never ruled on an adoption case before was suddenly in the bench making adoption decisions. Our case was the first one he had ever heard, and I think the only one because he left the bench soon after. He ruled very unusually in our case, and in a matter of two and a half hours, we had to say goodbye forever to our son. That had been my son for 12 months. He Mm. called me mom. He had never known another home. And... I mean, that was, it was a very unique loss in that it wasn't Mm -hmm. to death and we haven't spoken with him since. So it was a very like cut off, like he is out of our lives, you know, for now and I think forever. But it was such a weird thing to grieve. And I remember in the grief, you know, you have those moments where you wish you could understand why and you can't understand how this could have been God's plan, you know. God, in his providence, knew that when Ezra came into our home that we would only have him for the 12 months that we had him. We had hoped and thought, actually, for a lot of the time he was with us that he would end up staying with us forever. And so to trust God and to feel like he was still a safe God for me to go to in my Mm -hmm. grief and in my prayer Mm -hmm. was something that I knew cognitively, but I did not feel. And so for me to open up my Bible and for me to go to God in prayer, at times was really hard and painful because it was like, man, like, you know, God, you're the one that providentially allowed this to happen. Are you safe? And I love that quote from the C.S. Lewis book where of Aslan, the like God figure, he's asked, like, is he safe? And the response was, no, he's not safe, but he's good because of like the awesomeness of, you know, Aslan as this lion. Is like, but he's good. And so that kept coming to my heart to remind yeah. me, you know, God is good. And so continue to go to him. And so whenever we are in our suffering, I encourage people, keep going to God with whatever mm-hmm. you can. Crack open your Bible and read just whatever you can. Go to him in prayer, even if it's just prayers of tears and you are asking the Holy Spirit to intercede on your behalf, like God promises that it will. The Holy Spirit will. Mm -hmm. He will. So I'm so grateful for that. And as I look at these passages of the reading plan for this week Mm -hmm. of us wanting God to remember us in our suffering, praise God that he does. You know what? Like he does. And he is a God who himself has known suffering because of what Christ did on the cross. I love that we're going to get into in this week's reading for the day on suffering, looking at Christ going to the cross. Because we have a God who sent his son and Jesus went to the cross. So Jesus himself suffered. So in our own suffering, we are able to be made more like him and praise God for that. You know, no one wants to go through the suffering, but when we do, and it's not an if, but like a win. Like if you live life, like yeah. it is a broken world, you will face trials, even if it's just, you know, setbacks in life or things you expected in life that don't come out the way they you mm-hmm. thought they would. Like we will experience hardships and we can allow those to see those as opportunities to be shaped and to be more like Christ who himself suffered the worst suffering on the cross, having God have to turn his back on him because of the sin that he took on himself. And so how can we then look to Jesus who suffered greater than me and say, how can I be more like him? And for the sake of glorifying God in how we respond to suffering. And so God does remember us. We can look at that and remind our hearts. Again, that was almost the title of our book. Like remind our hearts. (laughs) God has been faithful. He is faithful and he will be faithful. 
And how can I see him in my suffering and how he's using that to bring about an opportunity for me to find greater intimacy with God through that that I wouldn't have had otherwise? Because I can certainly look back on the pain points in my life just in the past few years as we lost our son and as my daughter Zion was diagnosed with cancer. She's in remission now, praise God. But those seasons certainly allowed me to have a deeper intimacy with the Lord because of the ways I relied on him in those moments that I had not previously in my life had to rely on. And so I I can look back on them and yes, I wouldn't want to have to experience those, but praise God that he allowed me to find more depths of my relationship with him through those that I could not have found otherwise. Yeah, Yeah. Mm, that's right. Mm. You know, it's interesting, even in there are many ways in which God remembers us in our suffering. Yeah. And so I think that one of the ways that I think is so special and often overlooked is that He remembers us by providing suffering language for us to pray. Like like I mentioned about day nine, over and over again, you get like, you know, Lord, remember me and take note of me from Jeremiah 15, mm-hmm. from Psalm 143, Lord, hear my prayer and your faithfulness, listen to my plea, and in your righteousness, answer me. And later in that same chapter, answer me quickly, Lord, my spirit falls. Don't hide your face from me or I will be like those going down to the pit. Over and over, there's language, not just language for us to pray now, but we get to see that our suffering doesn't separate us from God. It doesn't separate us from being able to be a part of God's people or a part of His story. In fact, it's a part of what makes us His people and His story. Like, we're in good company. Yeah. Yeah, I actually love the passage that is in between those two that you just quoted from Psalm 143, Rachel, is in, it gives us kind of how you were saying, Lauren, like, however you can come to God, come, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, even if you don't have words. And it's one of the reasons I love the Psalms so much is I feel like they give us words Mm -hmm. to use. And verse three says, for the enemy has pursued me, crushing me to the ground, making me live in darkness like those long dead. My spirit is weak within me and my heart is overcome with dismay. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all you have done. I reflect on the work of your hands. I spread out my hands to you. I am like parched land before you. Mm. That, you know, this is it, Lord. Like, this is my experience. This is how I'm feeling. This is, you know, my reality. So I love that it's both, that it's not just one or the other. You know, it's not just, it is bring that before him and also remember. That's mm-hmm. what we're talking about, right? Like, and so I remember who you are. I remember on what you've done. I reflect on the work of your hands. It's such a beautiful invitation. There were passages, I think it was in Wednesday's reading where we read the story of Hannah. You all get to read, you know, Hannah is feeling so forgotten and lonely. Mm -hmm. And she says in that passage, Lord of armies, if you will take notice of your servant's affliction, remember and not forget me mm-hmm. and give your servant a son, I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. But that just that we're even invited to say, remember me, don't forget me. Yeah. That we have a God who models this for like gives us models of this in scripture and not just models of us asking him to remember us, but then him responding, story after story of God responding to those requests. 
Right. Outside of our like timeline, right? Which is, yeah. I love, <laughs> I love that we yeah. can look at scripture and see, you know, people wanted to control the things in their life and they wanted and expected to have, you know, X, Y, or Z. And yeah. God's timing is just like, no, or wait, or not yet. And right. God in his sovereignty sees like the big picture, obviously he knows yeah. when he is going to provide, like provide for Hannah, mm -hmm. but it wasn't on Hannah's timeline. It was no, on it God's wasn't. timeline, you know, but he remembers and he knows and he sees and he has eternity in his perspective. Whereas we just yeah. have like mm -hmm. our here and now, and we can't yeah. see what God sees, but I'm so grateful that we can trust the God who does see it all even when we can't. Amen. His yeah. glory in mind as well as our good. That's yeah. right. I mean, Psalm 139 from Day 10's reading, mm. even darkness is not dark to you. Never gets old, right? Psalm 139. No. I mean, we get some good psalms this week because we also get to read, and I love the CSB translation Me of too. Psalm 23. Yeah. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. Yeah. Mm. Which, like, to be able to pray that in the very high moments, but to also, like, pray that in, like, resolute belief and mm -hmm. faith <laughs> at the same time i have what i need yeah i'm grateful for that i'm glad we get to read that this week too mm -hmm. that passage that very familiar passage of psalm 23 of the lord is my shepherd i love the fact that the psalmist here is recognizing the utter dependence if god is the shepherd because sheep are like completely useless i mean if anyone yeah. has studied sheep ever it's like they literally are so useless and this, <laughs> they're so this cute. psalm yeah they're cute Adorable. they're cute and they can't do much for themselves <laughs> i like have that picture in my mind it's like a meme of this sheep being stuck in a ditch and like the caretaker works for forever to get it out and then the sheep immediately jumps right back <laughs> oh in it's like oh my gosh that. yeah. that's me. the meme <laughs> i like now read this passage and i'm like man that sheep couldn't do it's just useless without yeah. that caretaker and then i'm like god the psalmist here is saying like god is the shepherd like that means we're the sheep like we can't do much without him and yeah. like i need that reminder that's helpful for me to remember like in this passage yeah. god is our shepherd and he's the one that has it all figured out and i i need to rely on him yeah yeah hmm. I love that. And then our week ends not just with God remembering our suffering and God remembering our future, but God remember not our sin. Lord, if there is one thing that you would forsake, it's the thing that is most true of us, <laughs> the thing outside of you, the thing that we just can't seem to untangle from. Like you said, like the sheep that just runs right back into <laughs> the snare. But Lord, would you remember not our sin? And then yeah. we get to read scripture about that. Like mm -hmm. we get to read you know, that like confession or plea, and we also get to read a like a affirmation of that he will not remember our sin. Yeah. Yeah. Psalm 103, 11 and 12, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his faithful love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, hmm. so far has he removed hmm. our transgressions from us. So not only does he forgive our sin? He frees us. Mm -hmm. He mm -hmm. untangles us. He frees us from the snare. Mm. I mean, yeah, that's incredible. exactly right. Like, he is the one that does yeah. that. And I yeah, love that. Good point. Isaiah 43 25 said, yes. I am the one 
I sweep away your transgressions for my own sake and remember your sins no more. It's like, that is not us. That is not something that we can bring to the table. That is completely God through what Christ has done. He is the one that does that and praise God that he invites us to come to him and that he is the one that has made the way. There's nothing Mm -hmm. about me that has made the way for that forgiveness of sin. That's That's all God. Praise God for that. I feel like that's such a sweet way to conclude. It's funny, Lauren, right before you said that, Amanda pointed to Isaiah 43, verse 25, (laughs) as the like, you know, because we have our little like co-host sign language to each other. I'm like, oh, and I knew what she was. She was like, I want to go here next. And you were like, here's where I want to go. And I was like, like, I love that image that I I sweep away your transgressions for my own sake. And the truth is, is it's also... For our good, like mm-hmm. you said, you know, because there are times, quite honestly, when I am, when I feel like the Lord offers me freedom that I don't accept, mm. you mm. know, like I choose, you know, I'm Israel in the wilderness, like I'm just going to go yes. on back to Egypt. Kind of liked right. it there. I miss my leaks. I forget all of the reasons that I was desperately needed rescue. Yeah. yeah, our hearts are prone to wonder, right? Right. Yeah. There. He's so faithful. Well, Lauren, thank you times a million for being our 48 hours notice guest (laughs) who literally like the perfect guest for this week. I mean, (laughs) it's been such a joy and blessing. So thank you guys. I really appreciate it. Likewise. Likewise. have this conversation with y'all. Yeah. I just am grateful for the ways that I know that your story and your sharing has blessed those who are listening as it blessed us. There was a verse back from the Tuesday reading as we were flipping through, and I thought, oh, that's what I see the Lord's faithfulness even in this conversation, in you and your story, Lauren, from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. He comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction <laughs> through the yeah. comfort we ourselves receive from God. And that is what He's done. Through you. Yeah. Yeah. No. Amen. It's so true. God in his goodness has definitely done that. He's provided comfort when we needed it most. And praise God too. He's also allowed us to have opportunities to pass along those same reminders of truth and hope to others when they've been in that season. So we're grateful for that. Mm Well, friends listening, you've got a good week ahead of you. I mean, mm-hmm. there, any week with scripture in it is a good week ahead of you. <laughs> but this is your week. Last week, it was remembering God. This week, it's God remembering us. And next week, it will be acting in remembrance, all under that umbrella, or we'll say bow, mm-hmm. <laughs> of being people of remembrance, being remembered by God, remembering God, and then acting in what we know. So we're yeah. looking forward to that next week. But until next week... Lauren, what do we tell our friends? Keep opening your Bibles.